You will need Bibles. How y'all doing? Y'all okay? It is a little warm in here, isn't it? It is a little warm in here. I heard that it was because the Dumas boys went out there and messed up the air conditioning unit. That's what I heard. So we can all blame them for how awful and how hot it is. Okay, so we are continuing our study about spiritual beings. We finished up last week looking at angels, looking at the spiritual beings that dwell with God in heaven, that are have so many tasks and duties. They are always praising God. They are delivering messages. They are uh, doing mighty works. They are here in this room with us. I am confident of it that they number myriads upon myriads, thousands upon thousands, that they are spiritual beings. If they're spiritual beings, we cannot see them. All that kind of stuff. So we now need to move on to the less happy subject of the next kind of spiritual being, and that's Satan and its demons. Okay, but before we go into it, I want to know, when you think of Satan, when you think of demons, if you wanted to close your eyes, if you wanted to think of a picture of Satan or demons, tell me what you think of. What comes to your mind? Oh, horns? Alright. A pitchfork? Like a, okay. What else? Red? The color red? Fire? Alright. Yes. Several Carmen music videos, and let me tell you, if you don't know, if you don't know Carmen, just count your blessings right now, okay? Because I listened to so many Carmen songs growing up, and they all talked about, uh, they all talked about Satan, and they all had him as a very poor representation of the Bible. I really don't, I don't know if I really want to know. We'll start over here with you, Anthony. All right, Andre? Huh? A kind of a goat with horns? All right, Logan? My ex-wife. A Balrog from Lord of the Rings. All right, do what? Okay, so you, okay, you might, a pentagram? Yeah, why do you think of a pentagram? Because a lot of times you see in the pentagram they'll draw the, uh, the Baphomet in there. Uh, what else? Anything else? Huh? Like, are they, are they like wings, like, like, like an angel's wings? Yeah, they're scaly, right? They're like dragon wings. All right, so why do we have those images? Pop culture, movies. All right. Maybe it's because of things like what I'm about to show you right now. Maybe it's because of something like this. So I hope there is sound.
Alright. So when we think of when we think of angels and demons, good, bad, and ugly, stuff like that comes to our mind. And we've kind of already looked at angels and we've kind of dismantled that mindset from angels with using the scripture. We need to dismantle that mindset when we come to the idea of demons, when we come to the idea of Satan himself. Okay, so if that is not it, if he's not dressed in all red with a horns and a pitchfork, and if he's not uh, just sitting on your shoulder or anything like that, have you guys, you guys have seen that kind of stuff before, right? The, the, the angels and the demons that are on your shoulder, and you've got one that's talking in one ear and another that's talking in another, and they're trying to get you to, to change and do that. Have y'all, y'all seen that kind of thing before, right? It seems like that was a lot more prevalent when we were younger, maybe, I mean, maybe it's through Looney Tunes and through um, even some of the old Mickey Mouse cartoons that was a lot more prevalent. But y'all, is it, still in, is it still in a lot of popular media today? That kind of stuff still in there? Okay. So those kinds of ideas have been around for, I mean, as long as I've been alive uh, and as long as you've been alive. We need to dismantle those things. All right, we need to get out of those mindsets. And we need to look at what the Bible says. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this right now. We're going to divide this up into two weeks because this first one, we're going to just look at kind of, okay, well, what are they? Where did they come from? And then, and then next week, we're going to look at what kind of power do they actually have? Next week, we're going to kind of look at what, what are they actually doing right now? So let's... Jump into it. <clears throat> I don't have my sheet of paper up here, so go ahead. Where did demons come from? I'm going to need someone to open up to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Someone to open up, uh, so go for it. Casey uh, and Logan, will you take Jude 6? I'm going to need someone to open Actually, I'm going to open up to Isaiah 14. Let me take Isaiah 14. But sometime between Genesis 1.31 and Genesis 3.1, there must have been a rebellion in the angelic world. We don't know the timing of it. We don't know exactly, uh, exactly when it happened after creation. We don't know how long after the six days of creation. We don't know anything like that. We are not privileged with that information. But sometime after the creation of the world, when everything was...
edges of the pit. So the rebellion started with one angel in particular, and what it says here is this angel, <clears throat> how you are fallen from heaven, O day star. O day star. Now that, in the language that was written in the Aramaic, it was written in... Was, was Isaiah? Yeah, it was written in Aramaic. And the Isaiah, in... in, in uh, it was either Hebrew or Aramaic. I'm pretty sure it was Aramaic. In the Aramaic where it was written in, the word that, it comes, that, that is there for that O-day star is Hallel. H-E-L-L-E-L. Hallel. Now, when that got transferred over into the Latin Vulgate, when you take it from one language into Latin, that word Hallel, do you know what it gets translated into? Lucifero. Which sounds a whole lot like what? Lucifer. A lot of people take this and they look at it and they say, well, then that means Lucifer is actually his name. That's actually not what's going on here. It's not saying that it's his name. It says, O Daystar. It's a description about this angel's position, this angel's radiance, this angel's beauty, this angel's position. Hallel, Lucifero, O Daystar. So actually, Lucifer is not the name of Satan. Satan is closer to his name than anything else. But O Daystar, son of dawn, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. He was cut down. Even in all of his might, even though he was a day star, even though he was beautiful, even though he was radiant, even though he was a son of the dawn, he was cut down because of his rebellion. What did he do? It tells us, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. That's a rebellion. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly. That's a rebellion. One angel who wanted a throne on high, the day star, son of the dawn, that's where it all began. We're all tracking so far. We're all on the same page. We all understand what's going on so far. Okay. Let's open up to Revelation 12, 1 through 9. I want everyone to flip to Revelation 12, 1 through 9. Okay? Now, we are studying the book of Revelation. Alright? And as we study the book of Revelation, we are not here yet. We are not at this part of the Scripture yet. It's going to take us a little while before we get here. We're going to go ahead and leap into it right now, and it will only help us uh, in the long run. Here's something you need to know, okay? The book of Revelation, it is visions by, that John is seeing, and they're not always in order, okay? They're not always in order. In fact, they're out of order maybe even more times than they're in it, Okay? Now, John was writing this about 95, 
96 A.D. But actually, I, now I'm, I stand firm on that. I, I believe that's absolutely true. Uh, Mr. Drew and I actually have, have had some interesting discussions about that. He believes it came much earlier than that. You think 64, no, you think about 66, correct? 66, 66, somewhere around. So he thinks it's about 30 years earlier than I did. In either case, in either case, when John wrote this, it was a long time. It was several years after these events happened. And a lot of his visions were about what was coming in the future. So it's not a lot of, it's all out of order. And this is one, let's, let's, just, let's just walk through it. I want everyone here in Revelation 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through, uh, 1 through 9 together, okay? And a great sign appeared in heaven. Now remember, this is John having a vision. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to His throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Then let me keep reading on. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated. There was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. These are two separate stories that John, in his vision, they're, they're connected together. Alright? Who does the dragon represent? It tells us. Who does the dragon represent? Angels. Satan. Yeah, the ancient serpent. The devil. Satan himself. So this dragon represents Satan. Who was the child that was to be born? Jesus. It's Jesus. So these visions can't be in order. Understand they can't be in order because Jesus was born years before John wrote this, right? And not only, not only that, but he also describes the war in heaven where Michael and his angels were fighting against the dragon and they were cast down, all this kind of stuff. That happened long time before John was writing this book. So they're out of order. You can't sit there and we can't say, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say that, that these are the timing of it. But what was it that motivated the dragon to rebel in, in this passage? What was it that motivated the dragon to rebel? What did he want to do? Say it. He wanted to devour the child. He wanted to kill the child. What does the dragon hate? 
The child. And who is the child? Jesus. Why does he hate Jesus? Why does he hate this child? Because this child is God, this child is man, and this child is going to save mankind. From these verses, we see that Satan comes about because he has an intense hatred of God. He has an intense hatred against man. So understand this, that Satan hates you. Hates you and me. And Satan hates God, the very one who we've been singing praises to. Satan hates Jesus, the one who brought us redemption. He hates them. Now, if you read this and if you want to, get, if you want to sit there and say, oh man, uh, well then maybe Satan wasn't a bad guy until Jesus was being born. Because that's the kind of way it reads here. <clears throat> that maybe... Satan wasn't a bad guy until uh, Mary was, uh, had him and she was going to give birth to him. Because maybe Satan just hates that he was going to become a man. Again, we can't, we can't look and say, well, this is the timing of it. Or this is when the rebellion happened. We can't look and say these times are the way that it works. Can't do that. Because we're already seeing that John's seeing visions and he's just writing them down when he sees them. And they're not necessarily all in order. But this dragon hates people, hates God. It hates this child because this child is God and man. And it says this, verse 4, His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. What are the stars of heaven? Angels. Why do we think they're angels? You're, you're right, but why do we think they're angels? We can't just, don't just take my word for it. Have you heard angels being called stars before? Yeah. We just read a verse that said Satan was the what? The day star. That he wanted to set his throne above the stars of God. Yeah, we've seen them called stars before. And not only that, it goes further says the great dragon was thrown down the ancient servant who is called the devil and Satan, the seer of the world. He was thrown down to the earth and his, this is verse 9, and his what? Who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels. So he swept his tail. A third of the stars were coming out. And we see later on, those are the angels. Satan rebelled. He's cast out of heaven. And before he left, it says his tail swept and he knocks a third of the angels out of heaven that came with him. So where do we see demons? Where do they come from? A third of the angels that God created, along with Satan himself, rebelled against God out of hatred to Him and out of hatred to you. He hates you. And He hates God. And maybe most of all, He hates Christ because He is God and He is man. And He saves people. 
Can you believe that? This child that's going to be born, he's going to save people? Satan hates people. When you read in Job and you see that he is going around, he's looking at all the people, and God looks at him and says, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan looks at him and says, man, he just worships you just because you've made it easy for him. He hates Job. And he hates that God's giving Job anything. And that Job could do something that God is pleased with? No, no, no. This is a hatred. Y'all tracking with me? Y'all keeping up with me so far? Yeah? Okay. So now, is there a difference then between Satan and demons? Satan is the personal name of the head of demons. The name means adversary. Where did we get that from? Well, would someone like to open up to Job 1.6? Who wants that one? Who wants Job 1.6? Go for it, Casey. What about 1 Chronicles 21.1? Go for it, Josiah. Who wants Zechariah 3.1? Who wants that one? Brad, you got it. Who wants Matthew 4.10? Who wants that one? Go for it, uh, Josiah. Uh, no, Jonathan, sorry. Go, uh, who wants Luke 10.18? Is that a hand? Go for it, Cameron. Luke 10, 18. All right? Satan is the personal name of the head of demons. Now, remember, we just read that. We just read that. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. We just got told his name was Satan. Lucifer is not his name. It's Satan. He is a day star. He is meant to look, try and look beautiful, all those kinds of things. But Satan is the closest thing to his name. And he was the first. Also, it calls him the serpent, which means that he was what? If he's the ancient serpent, then what serpent do you think he was? The one in the garden. The the garden. By the way, there are some people who sit there and say, you know what? Actually, the serpent wasn't the devil. They actually, they actually say, I had a professor in college, uh, in the Bible college, who said that the serpent was not the devil. And I said... What do you do with Revelation 12? That's right, he's a professor. He's a, he's a professor. All right? All right? That was, that was, he was adjusting his time. A professor, right? All right, so read Job chapter 1, verse 6 for us. And Satan also came to him. Now, it says the sons of God came to present to God. Alright? Are those sons of God or those angels? They're actually not. They're actually not. That's okay. That's okay. Listen, that's okay because most people believe that that's what they are. Hebrews tells us that there's never ever been an angel called a son of God. But they're always described more like messengers, more like stars, more like stuff like that. And even it even it calls the star, it even says in Revelation twelve that they're stars. So these are people offering sacrifices to God, and it says, and Satan was there in the midst of them. And there he is looking at what they're doing, and he's disgusted. First Chronicles twenty one one. Who had that one? Who stood against Israel? Satan, Satan stood against him. 
What about Zechariah 3 1? Who was standing there to accuse him? Satan. Matthew 4.10. Jesus Himself looks at him and says, Be gone, Satan. Luke 10.18. Guys, this first demon or this first fallen angel, Satan is very different in a lot of ways because we see he's given a name. He is the only demon that's given a name. You've got some vague references where demons will sit there and say, he'll say, they'll say, I am legion and stuff like that. You've got some, some things like that. But that's, not, that's a description more than it's a name. Other names are also given. You've got the devil, the serpent, or the ancient serpent, Beelzebub. Calls him the ruler of this world. Calls him the prince of the power of the air. Calls him the evil one. Go to the next slide. Satan was the originator of sin. Someone... I'll get Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Who wants 2 Corinthians 11, 3? Go for it, Logan. <clears throat> so Genesis 3, and we have read these verses several times. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field the Lord God had made. The serpent. Who's that going to be talking about? Satan. How do we know that? The Bible tells us that he is the ancient serpent. He said to the woman, Did God actually say to you, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. The originator of sin is Satan himself. That serpent, that ancient serpent, the dragon from Revelation 12. What about 2 Corinthians 11.3? The serpent deceived Eve by his cunning. He gets the finger pointed at him. It was Satan himself. It was the serpent. It was that dragon from Revelation 12. That's who is the originator of sin. He is a murderer from the beginning and is a liar and the father of lies. That's John 8.44 that tells us that. 1 John 3.8 says the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now does that mean that does that mean that God created him in sin? No. When it says that he has sinned from the beginning, it means that he has sinned before 
any record of any history before any kind of pen was put to paper, before anyone knew what was going on. He has sinned from the beginning, from the beginning of the history of creation. He has sinned. Demons will use the same tactics as Satan to cause people to turn away from God. Let me read uh, just real quick. Let me read 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. I want someone else to open up to Psalm 106.37 and someone else get Galatians 4.8. Who wants Psalm? You want Psalm? Casey? And who wants Galatians? Who wants Galatians? You got Drew? All right. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 tells us this. In their case, the God of this world, and that's Satan, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. They will turn people away from God and they'll use any tactic they can to get you to turn your focus from God. They use the same tactic that Satan himself does. Remember, who is it that Satan hates? He hates Jesus most of all. He hates God. He hates people. He uses lies and deception. He uses, they, the demons will use murder. Who had Psalm 106? Who had that? They sacrificed their sons, their sons and their daughters. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. They were getting people to murder their children, to sacrifice their children, to kill their babies before idols. And it's attributed to that was to demons. Guys, I'm not going to get off on this too much here, but understand this. Every single abortion clinic is a, it is a place of murder instituted by demons. They will cause temptation, just like Satan did with um, Jesus in the wilderness. Doubt, guilt, fear, confusion, sickness, envy, pride, slander, and all the like. They desire, why do they do this? Because they hate you, they hate God, and they hate Jesus. They desire to keep you in bondage to things that hinder you from coming to God. Who had Galatians 4 8? Before? Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. Enslaved to those who are by nature not God's. They want to keep you in bondage to anything that's not God. I mean, anything that they just don't want you to see God. They want you to die in your sins. They want you being in eternal punishment in hell. They want you to die. They want you to stay in bondage. They don't want you to see God. They don't want you to see Christ. Why? Because only in Christ can you be saved. Demons are fallen angels. So, what do demons look like? They're fallen angels, which means they are spirits. If they're spirits, they do not have bodies. Hebrews 1.14. Will someone take that for me? Hebrews 1.14. Who wants it? Come on, guys. We, we'll go through it quicker if y'all start taking it. All right, Joe. 
Uh, who wants Luke 24, 39? Go for it. And who wants 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15? Alright? Demons are fallen angels. Which means they're spirits. They do not have bodies. You cannot see a demon. You cannot touch a demon. You cannot smell a demon. Have you guys ever heard someone say, man, that I could just smell sulfur in the air and I knew demons were around? Have you guys ever heard that? If you have... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But is he being honest there? Has he ever actually smelled that? No, he hasn't. I actually know people who say, I can smell the sulfur. Like Pastor Tim says it as a joke. So you guys have heard it. I've actually heard people who say that they can smell demons. I, I know people who say they have seen demons. Guys, they're spirit. Hebrews 1.14, what does it say to us? This is talking about angels. If demons are fallen angels, then they're ministering what? Spirits. Or they were formerly ministering spirits. They are spirits. Luke 24, 39. This is after Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus stands in front of the disciples. The disciples are getting flipped out because they think he's a spirit. And he says, look, come over here and touch my hands and my feet. You can see that I'm not a spirit because I have a body. However, they des their desire is to look appealing or attractive. So how can they look appealing or attractive? 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15. Who's got that? Okay. They disguise themselves as servants of what? Of righteousness. So they won't... They, it's not that they're going to look... Uh, it's not that they're going to try and look beautiful like, like the way we think of beauty here on this earth. No, no, no. They want you to think they're beautiful and that they're leading you in the right way. What was Satan's temptation to Eve? No, no, no. If you do what I say, you'll be more like God. What was the temptation offered to Jesus? In the, in the desert, Jesus had heard at the baptism, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And after He hears, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. In the wilderness, Satan comes up to Him and He says, He said, I mean, if you really are the Son of God, then turn this rock into bread and eat. Doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with that. It seems like I can have nourishment there. I can show off that I'm the Son of God. What is he trying to do? He's trying to show himself that he's the righteous one, that he's the good one. He's wanting to be appealing and attractive, not in a sense of beauty, but in a sense of if you follow me, you'll be doing the right thing. Revelation 13. And this is the passage, and I'll. I'll, I'll let me just look through it. This is the passage, really, where people get the idea that demons have horns and look monstrous and kind of the idea that they're all red. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea 
with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its head. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast and they worshipped the dragon for he had given his authority to the beast. And we see you've got these horns, you've got this kind of this mouth like a lion and all these kinds of things. But understand, that's not what we can't see them. John was seeing visions and so we can't look at these and think that those are very, very literal. So what have I tried to do tonight? I have tried to dismantle anything that maybe you come to when you come and think about demons. I've tried to dismantle whatever the pop culture is throwing in your head. Because next week, we need to look if demons have power in our world what kind of power do they have in the world? And we are going to look at what is demon possession. You guys have heard of demon possession, right? So if, if they're not on your shoulder doing some sort of flips and they're not just whispering in your ear, what kind of power do they have? What are they doing in the world? So at the end of this, I hope you understand, or what, I, what you need to walk away from is, is, is let's dismantle the idea of demons. But understand, demons are terrible and evil things. And what is it that they want most of all for you not to see? Jesus. Why? Because they hate Him. He's righteous. He is God. He is man. He is the only way you can be saved. Guys, if these wicked, evil things are wanting you to not see Jesus then we need to be looking at how the Bible talks about Jesus. Next week, we're going to look more at their power and at their possessions and things like that. But let me pray for us. And our band's going to come up and play and lead us in worship. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the time we can gather together. I thank you for your word. And even though these are tricky and hard subjects to digest and to talk about, even though these things are weighty and even though these things are even terrifying if we think about them too long lord we know that you've given them for our good that you've given them as a blessing so that if we can know that their scheme is to keep our eyes turned away from you then father we know that our eyes should first and foremost be fixed upon you and upon your son i ask god that you would be glorified in the lessons that the lessons been taught tonight and that, Father, it would give food for thought and food for the hearts of these students. It's your son's name, Jesus. We ask these things and for his sake. Amen.